the encouragement you need more than anything is from within. Hello and welcome to the mental game of musical theater. I'm your host, David Eggers. Let's get started. Hey, this is David popping in here for a minute. First, I want to say thank you for being here. It means a lot to me that you're checking this out. And I wanted to tell you that the idea for this podcast is a few years old. And the very first friend who was available to record with me was Gavin Creel. So we recorded this in the summer of 2021. But it's really cool to hear him talk about his original show and his dreams for it because it's happening this coming fall off-Broadway at MCC. Thanks for being here and let's get to the conversation conversation. Enjoy part one of my chat with Gavin Creel. Oh my God. I am so excited for today. Um, my heart is bursting. I am super duper thrilled to have with us Gavin Creel. I cannot believe he found time to talk to me today and to share and to go down this path together. Um, first of all, Gavin, before I like officially bring you on here, I'm going to like embarrass you by talking about you and your resume. First of all, several Broadway credits, Thoroughly Modern Millie, Broadway debut, um, and that's where our paths crossed, which I'm very grateful for, fortunate to say. Uh, La Caja Fall, Hair, The Book of Mormon, She Loves Me, Hello Dolly, Waitress. That's like the Broadway stuff, but then there's also all this West End stuff too. Mary Poppins, Hair Again, the Book of Mormon, Waitress also. We would be remiss if I, we didn't also say three Tony nominations, having received one of those Tony nominations uh, for Hello, Dolly, uh, an Olivier Award for the Book of Mormon. You've worked regionally, Chicago, the city, um, Washington, D.C., Massachusetts, um, television. We saw you uh, in Eloise. Um, which my whole family adored. And you've got albums out. I mean, so much stuff everywhere. Then it's not just your resume too. It's also all the what good you're putting into the world. And part of that, which was so important to me, was the work you did for Marriage Equality with Broadway Impact. And you've got an impressive resume, but I think what's even more impressive is the person you are. And that's why I'm super duper excited to have you here today to connect with you because I just, I adore you. And uh, to know you is a joy and a pleasure. Welcome, Gavin. Thank you so much. My gosh, that was so kind of you. Thank you for, for that beautiful introduction. Oh, well, um, I, the feeling all is completely, it's completely mutual. I, oh. I've missed you. And since those, since that day, that fateful day when we bonded over two major injuries in the previews of Thoroughly Modern Millie, we are forever <laughs> bonded in surgery and in life. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Oh well, we gosh. have to at least tell that story a little bit, I guess. Oh yes, we will. We will. Oh man. Well, welcome. So, uh, I want to, I wanted to, so you're from Ohio, right? We're both Midwestern yeah. boys too. Did you know that? Yeah. Are you, yeah, you went to CCM, right? No, no, no. I went to no. Northwestern, but I, I, well, Northwestern, uh, that's right. my husband went to CCM. Yeah, that's right. Eric went there. Yeah. But I'm from Indiana originally. You're from Ohio. Yeah. What part of Indiana? Um, very middle of the state, Plainfield, Indiana, Hendricks County. I was only there till middle of eighth grade, and then we moved to the East Coast. But um, oh, okay. So it was it was weird because my whole family had been there though. So like I was another Eggers boy coming through the school system. Everyone right. expected me to play basketball, play football. You know, be the, like get the, the leather jacket. Boy. Oh did yeah, you, totally. Did you play them, or do you were like no, oh, no, no, not at all. Were you dancing I, the whole time? 
Um, no, I, I really had yet to discover my, my love of theater and music and, and, and dancing and everything. So I didn't really know what I was going to be, but had nothing to do with picking up a basketball. Oh yeah. No, me neither. My sisters were both star basketball players and my, my sister Allison was the first female to score over a thousand points in three years. Like she was like a star basketball player. My oldest sister, Heather was also star of the basketball team and i was like get me away from sports <laughs> we, all, we were all swimmers so i grew up swimming and i was really grateful for the training of swimming and the sort of the meditative i think about the meditative quality of swimming and the repetition and the discipline of it and and i loved meets i love competing but you're when you get to a certain level i was never some big crazy great swimmer i was good but after you know you go what is it first it's regionals then districts then state and then state junior olympics and then olympics or whatever right and i i tapped out after sectionals or something i was like i went to districts and i don't place in anything but the great thing about swimming is you're racing the clock so you're trying to make your time better and it was really i really valued that sort of discipline of it's the you're, you're competing but you're not competing against people you're competing against time yeah and, Aren't we all competing against time? <laughs> Aren't we've we learned all? that anything this past year and a half. Aren't we all? I didn't know you were a swimmer, but that totally, I mean, just knowing, you know, your physique too, you're long and lean. Lanky. I was a backstroker and a freestyler. These hands, honey, two, two strokes. I'm halfway down the, down the, oh. down the pool. Just oh, awesome. la lanky, lanky, big hands, big feet. You didn't go to University of Michigan on like a swimming? <laughs> no. Um, Michael Phelps Michael Phelps did. I, however, did not. No. <laughs> you didn't. But that's where he went to, to college. I um, did. So, and for theater, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I went for musical theater. Got a Bachelor of Fine Arts in musical theater. It was a little bit of a um, traitor because obviously growing up in Ohio, you're a Buckeye, Buckeye, Buckeye state. Oh, yeah. And the rivalry between the Wolverines and the Buckeyes is legendary. But I, I, I loved, I cherish my time at Michigan. I'm like that annoying guy who talks about his alma mater all the time and is so proud of it. And mm, you and should it be. My, yeah, I, I love it there. And it continues to grow and expand and put out students that I probably would have been on the wait list at best, the way they are competing now and the way their, their, their talent level is so immense. So That's I'm awesome. very happy to be still connected to the school in ways where I can teach and go back and work with the students. That's fantastic. They must yeah. be so excited to have you. But let's go back to that time of your life. You know, you come through that awesome program, you graduate, and then what? Ugh. Like, are you yeah. on top of the world, ready to take on and tackle everything? Or is it like, a, you know, where was your head when you graduated? It's a great question. I have to say, this is something that as a 45-year-old man, which I talk a lot about, I really like being 45. Um, cause it sort of feels like an intermission or like a halfway point in a lot of ways. And I'm really assessing and I'm looking inward a lot a at the time. There wasn't a lot of inward looking. It was all outward looking. It was like, <laughs> I went at it. I was like on a house on fire coming at the city. And also, which I wish I hadn't had, but I'm now really trying to address now is I had a lot of fear hmm. and I think fear was a great motivator but it did not make the situation or the practice of what I was doing particularly joyful. It was like do or die. Um, and, and I found, and I still find auditioning to be somewhat um, maddening or, or, or I don't know, pressure filled. Um, 
but it was just a lot of like big, big city feelings. And the city was really intimidating to me at first and moving there. Thank God I had my 20 some graduates who were all moving there as well. My musical class of 1998 that they were everything to me and the support that I needed. And then I'll be honest, like I got, I just started auditioning backstage was a paper then. And I got it out and I looked through the, to see if anything looked like something that I could do. And we had studied it at school, what you do and where you look and what equity is and where you go. And I was scared, David. I was a lot of stuff. I just always worried that I was going to do it wrong, Hmm. that I wouldn't do it perfectly. Um, that I, uh, that I would look stupid, that I would make a fool of myself. And yet you, I just had to push through it. You know, that's what we have to do as performers. Yeah. So you had the drive, you had the desire, but you were battling these fears. Yes. And I thought they were normal. I, I, I th- And I think some of them are because it's a completely new, it's a new city. It's also the quote unquote headquarters of what we say we want to do. And it's like, okay, you find out. I, do you got it, what it takes or not? Right. It's like the final, it's the, it's the last lap. You cross the finish line and now this is the real world. Mm-hmm. And I always, I'm trying to fix this now at my blissful middle age, but I've always sort of battled that thing of, well, the next one will tell me the truth. The next, the next show will actually, this is when I'm going to fall on my face or the next person that I work with, they're going to call me on it. And those people have tried, like those people have done it and they've been like, not that excited about me or it's why I don't read reviews. Cause I know that there's bad reviews out there. And I was like, that's not going to help me at all, but I'm trying to recalibrate that now because when I got to the city, I was definitely waiting for the other shoe to drop. Cause you know, you get, you get into Michigan, but yeah, so does everybody. And then you get cast at Michigan, but yeah, other people do too. And these are me just constantly talking myself down off of, I don't know, self-affirmation, like affirming for myself, like being proud of myself, being able to believe in myself. And I think people who look at me from the outside think, what are you talking about? Like, how could you have those issues? And I'm like, well, I'm here talking to you, David, tell you that I still battle them to this day. (laughs) I think that's really refreshing actually to hear. And I think people are going, that's going to be important for them to know too, because I'm starting to believe that it is a process that maybe just never ends. Never. I, it's, it, and it's overwhelming to hear that statement because I lived a life of thinking, I'll get there. Eventually I'll get there and I'll be able to exhale and I won't have to work as hard. Hmm. What I have to work hard at, and also I just did The Artist's Way this year and Julia Cameron <sighs> says- Love the book. Yeah, it's so amazing. I never, never finished it and I finished it. Good for you. Yeah. That's awesome. I had the help of Benj Pasek and Shoshana Bean. We were like our little, we did like a little accountability buddy. So every Sunday- we Were they doing meeting. it with you? Every Sunday we had, a, we had awesome. date, a date and we did like an hour, two hours of just like updating what we think about this, this chapter and what came up and what did you do and read me some of your answers. It was amazing. I love that. Morning pages are still- We'll do it. Yeah. Still do it. I mean, day. I don't always do three pages like I was, but I still write every morning because every of morning. that it's, experience. It's, yeah, the brain dump. She talks about hard work and she's like, what if you reframe it into, you know, that um, that saying, easy does it? She mm-hmm. talks about easy does it in my translation is, whoa, 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 like a horse. Well, easy, easy does it, easy does it, calm down, calm down. And what she says, think of it as easy does it. It doesn't have to be hard work. 
It doesn't right. have to be work. It doesn't have to be hard work. It can be when you step forward. So that's what I'm trying to reframe now as far as the fear goes and, and the perfectionism, the poison of perfectionism, trying to get it right, trying not to disappoint anybody, trying not to give anyone any excuse to think that I'm not amazing or that I'm not doing, that I don't make mistakes. I'm just like, let me talk to you and say to everybody, I'm a hot mess. And I intend every day, that's what meditation is so helpful to me. Mm-hmm. Every day is getting up and, and taking it just into this day and breathing and going, I don't have to do it tomorrow. I have to do it today. And it's really helped meditation and, re- and thinking like that and morning pages and yeah. staying creative. It's really helped me. So again, to come back to coming into the city, I didn't have a lot of these tools when I got there. So I was just running on that treadmill as fast as I could. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, we learn as we go mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to a large extent. Sometimes there's grace in there or luck that helps us along the, that path, you mm-hmm. know, and might, might save us from falling off the cliff at some point. But we pick up little tools and we pick up support systems or we pick up, you know, friends that get us or we pick up, you know, various things that we collect along our journey. And that's yeah. why you're at where you're at now, which is so healthy and so fantastic. I want to spend more time there too, talking about the meditation, for example, and the, mm. and, the, and the tools that you use to continue to to foster your best self and your creative self. But back then, you know, when you were first, you know, in the city and going at it, you came in, you were you were mm. ready to tear up the town. Uh-huh. You were fearful. You uh-huh. were afraid of doing it wrong. You were afraid of the other shoe dropping. You were afraid somebody would, you know, the jig Afra- would be afraid- up. I was afraid I wouldn't quote unquote make it. I was afraid yeah. that that all the talent and the big fish in the in the big pond of Michigan, but like this is where I would find out that I wasn't special mm. or that I didn't matter, that I would be passed over, ignored. We were talking about this before we started, and I want to touch on this confidence. Like where did my confidence come from? Because if I didn't summon confidence, fears would have obliterated me. That's right. Because they're always there. It's a negotiation. That's what meditation is so great for me is because it's just returning to the breath and trying to return to a calmer mind and quieting the thoughts in my head and not believing them as truths, the negative talk that that inevitably comes in. I was just trying to think like, okay, so I got there. I was excited. I was nervous. I didn't, I was no one to anyone there except for those 20 people. And it felt very big and it felt extremely intimidating and it felt very other. Like I was not a member and I thought, well, how do you do that? We got to audition. You got to, and you have to soldier forward with the foundation of education that I got from Michigan. That's all I know. So I'm going to tap into whatever I learned there because I worked hard at school and I listened and I tried to absorb as much as I could. And I'm really proud of my school and the work that I did, but there was still 50% of my education. Well, I'm in in the 50% now that you could never be taught at school. There's only so much they can teach you and they have to go and you have to learn and fall and get up. But my confidence, this is me, the king of oversimplifying things and it's not helpful, but I sort of think of it as the equation is risk plus reward equals confidence. This is how I make sense of it. Everybody in our industry is required to risk 
to stand up in front of that audition table when they're rude or eating their lunch, or they're happy to see you and they have expectations because they want you to do well. It's just both directions are hard. If it's friends of yours who are like, ah, we love you, just do whatever you want to do, you then you don't want to disappoint them. And then, but ultimately, we're always at the mercy of somebody making a decision for us or for someone else. Hmm. It's always a choice, a positive choice. Someone's going to get the positive choice. But I th- thought, why is it that I have more confidence than somebody who's about my, I guess I've been given opportunities. I've been rewarded. So we all come, we all go to the audition. I get a call back. I stand up, I stand up just a tiny bit taller because I got a call back. And the space between when the callback, yes, I get nervous again, whatever, but I'm like, I, right after I'm like, oh my God, I got a callback. I could get this job. All of a sudden I'm, in, I'm buzzing. I could get this job. And the closer the callback gets, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to get this job. I don't know. If to, oh God. And then I do it and the room feels good. And they give me such a great adjustments, Gavin. That's fantastic. They said I was fantastic in the callback. This is even closer. So I just stand up a little taller. And then I get a second callback and I get a dance callback and Rob Ashford is there and <laughs> you're there teaching me the combinations. And so we're there and, and, and I'm not a dancer. I can dance. I'm really proud of the dancing that I do, but I'm not a dancer like you are. And it was like, okay, this is nerve wracking and do your best. And then there's another final callback for all the producers. And you're like, I could get this job. And Jared Emick is sitting in the lobby and you're like, okay, I'm not going to get this job because Jared Emick's <laughs> got a Tony award and he was in damn Yankees and he's, hot as hell and super famous. And, <laughs> yeah. and then for whatever it's worth, it worked out in my favor. And then I go to a new level of nerves and fear of trying not to let people down. And Millie was hard for me. Mm-hmm. That rehearsal process was not easy. I thought I was going to get fired the whole time. It was really rough. I'm very proud to say that I made it through and that it was tough. And even leaving the show was hard. And I loved doing the job, but it was really challenging for me. Yeah. And I was green and naive and didn't know what I was doing. Then I think, oh, it's a fluke. And then somebody else calls and Jerry Zaks calls and I'm going to have an audition for a meeting for La Caja Fall. And I keep taking risks, but I keep getting rewarded. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I become more confident. And it's easy for me then. That's where my privilege comes in. The opportunities I'm given mm. affirm something within me from the outside, the work I am now doing is trying to find that affirmation from the inside because I relied willingly and foolishly on all the external validation Mm -hmm. for the majority of my career. And I felt depleted and took it way personally if I didn't get that validation from directors, from coworkers. If somebody didn't compliment me, I needed that to be able to feel like I was doing a good job. Wow. And no better example than being a 26-year-old making his Broadway debut in Millie on his 26th birthday after major surgery and, and trauma. Re- really quickly, you and I both on the same day had this horrifying, I had a knee injury in the matinee and you broke your wrist. Yeah, right? in the evening show. Yeah. Could not believe it. And you sadly missed opening night because of yours injury was I was in the audience. (laughs) Yes. It must have been so hard because you put that show together and you were such a valuable. And then you obviously you got back on stage and you were so valuable in that company, but heartbreaking, heartbreaking, terrifying stuff to happen to your life's dream. Right. You know? Right. So here was your Broadway debut. Yes, and I'm twenty trauma. I'm twenty six years old and I'm thinking it's awards season. 
I everything happens at once. All of the firsts. Our opening night was April eighteenth, two thousand and two. My birthday. Yeah, and and the next week the Tony nominations came out. Oh my god. And we were in previews, so the Outer Critics Circle nominations came out. Our our show got like a million nominations. I was not one of them. Hmm. Then a couple of weeks later, the Drama Desks come out. A million nominations. I was not one of them, and I'm like the leading man. And I'm yeah. thinking to myself, who do you think you are oh, that you should God. even be? But but why do you think you should be depressed or scared? Because I'm still scared. I'm still nervous about my rehearsal process and what all that drama that was going on with that and my knee surgery and being my Broadway debut and not knowing if then not knowing if what I was doing was any good because the external validation of these awards, like everybody got nominated and I didn't. Hey, this is David popping in here to let you know I'm also working on a book all about the mental game of musical theater, and I'd love for you to check it out. Head over to profeggers.com. That's P-R-O-F-E-G-G-E-R-S.com for information and to be one of the first to get your hands on this book. It's going to help you as you prepare for, pursue, and build your career in musical theater. I appreciate you checking it out, and I appreciate you being here. So let's get back to the episode. And I went on a shame spiral and Mark Kudish behind the flats of the act two, while they're doing forget about the boy, we stood behind the, in the center flat for like 10 or 10 minutes or however yeah. long that scene team. And then we had both came around for different scenes. He looks at me one day after the drama desk is coming out, like, what's going on, dude, what's going on? <laughs> and I'm like, I just, and he goes, this is about the nominations, isn't it? And I was like, yeah. And he put his hand on my shoulder, David, and he said, and you know, Mark, he's such a quirky dude. And I yeah. adore him. Love him. But he's like, yeah, dude, dude. And um, he said, it's all bullshit. <laughs> it's really nice to be nominated. And he was nominated. And he said, it's beautiful. But don't focus on that. You're doing a great job. You're doing great work in this. It's bullshit. Just keep doing the work you're doing. That's Aww. what you need to concentrate on. And then a week later, I got nominated for Tony. And, and the more important thing, the Tony nomination was amazing because I felt not, I was like not self-conscious and it was such a huge, a huge thing to happen to a 26 year old in his Broadway debut. And also the once it happens to you, it's another boost of confidence where I don't ever have to be nominated for a Tony award again. Hmm. I will always be a Tony nominee. Right. And I thought, oh God, I can lower my shoulders. I'm not going to win this thing. It's never going to happen. And it didn't, obviously. But I was like, that hand on my shoulder from that expert, genius performer who had been in the business and done a million things, that is what mattered. I just can't even imagine. First of all, your Broadway debut and then like everything happening at once, as you said, and the nominations oh and then award season and showing up to events and and this injury the entire time i'm worried oh. if i can't do the show that night because my knee oh my gosh you know i just have knee surgery like yeah somehow you were making it happen though it was pt sean gallagher sean gallagher sean gallagher <laughs> my leg back together <laughs> oh and, and, wow and the stress and like you can't miss shows you're not yeah. you cannot miss show. i bronchitis right. yeah voters are coming you can't miss yeah, I, I had literally had bronchitis and was on vocal rest the day they nominated. And I was like, I have to do the show tonight and I can't speak. Oh my gosh. You know, stress. It was it, trauma. Yeah. So it was big. It was really big. I love that we're talking about confidence. And I like your equation. Risk plus reward equals confidence. Now that's not, 
I, hearing that, that's not the only. No, it's not. That's, I, that's what I want to say too, because that's I feel the like external. That's the external. I feel like self belief, which yes. is related to confidence, if not the same thing. It's, it's. I think it's slightly different. But self belief, it comes from self. That's why we say self belief. Yeah. I imagine you gained certain practices from your education, like um, you know, being prepared. <laughs> You yeah. know, and bringing certain disciplines into what you do that, you know, gives you a certain strength of self, sense of self, your assuredness, because, okay, I've done the work, I'm prepared, I know what I'm, you know, I know, I know the material, I know the choices I'm making, I know what my I'm going to do in the room. My, just my technique alone. Yeah, your technique, exactly. Yeah. The, what you show up to every day gives you a certain amount of self-belief, but yeah. because a certain amount of... Our confidence comes from that external. It's also really vulnerable, right? Uh -huh. So it, you you build it up, and and you know there are certain rewards that maybe add to it, and um, and so you're kind of like bundling all this together. But then in a day, it can be hit so hard. So how do you protect that? Well, faith mm. that that if you honor the gifts you have within you that you've been given, you're borrowing. You honor your body. You take care of the, the mechanism that you have. You're appreciative and grateful for the things that you have been given. Um, and then you keep a discipline, a work ethic, and a creative life outside of this pursuit, something that satisfies you. I appreciate you saying the thing about the, the reward. I do think it's still a reward, but it comes from within. It's an internal, and it's an affirmation from self of going, I finish a song that I write and I go, you did that, good for you. Being able to say, be proud of yourself. And because ultimately the encouragement you need more than anything is from within. That's, mm -hmm. that's because you can't rely on the world is unpredictable and unfair and bizarre and I mean, inequitable and, mm -hmm. and screwed up and based in money and capitalistic and... There are so many things that we, I'm sure we'll touch on, but it's my f inner faith that I am doing everything that I can and that that is enough. Mm -hmm. That's where I have to stop myself from trying to be perfect and trying to get, oh, I never be satisfied. It's, it's, there has to come a point where I go, good job, little Gavin. <laughs> good job. You're doing yeah. great and believing it. Yeah. And that reward, most importantly, needs to come from within. Mm -hmm. But I'd be lying if I said those external affirmations really help. And just like you said, it can all take a hit, like just like that. The faith that you've felt this, your agent calls, guess what? And then everything changes. <laughs> My, my agent calls and sings a song from the shows that I get when I get the job. Oh, really? He was like, this is the dawning of the age. And I was like, no way. He always sings a little something. When that song starts and David's singing to me, I'm like, oh, everything's better. I float off the ground. So just as much as you can take the hits, like I will say when that job comes through or when that opportunity comes through, and you've managed your expectations. Because if you set all of your sights on Broadway alone, A, you're going to be disappointed because Broadway sucks a lot of the times. <laughs> a lot of the times the stuff just we're making- Just saying the truth there. <laughs> it just sucks. Like 
it's bad systems it's bad behaviors it's yeah. bad shows oh, oh my gosh. god some it's of the like garbage we have to the commercialism up. of it oh. alone you know driving the oh, choices yes. that are made yes yeah. it's real estate tourism capitalism at its worst <laughs> and at its best it is yeah. magical like nothing you've ever experienced so i just say managing your expectations and not not expecting for this thing that doesn't have a heartbeat to love you back mm. it's not going to love you people are going to love you people are going to support you look you in the eye hold your hand encourage you challenge you it's the relationships in theater that are are what make broadway if we have to use that word what it is Oh my gosh, that was gold right there. I hope people oh. heard that and wrote that down. Well, thanks. So important. Wow. Well, where do we want to go next in this juicy anywhere? Conversation? Oh my gosh, anywhere. I could talk to you all day. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so you're doing a lot of work now on yourself that I think is is. I mean, first of all, kudos to you. Second you. of all, I'm. I feel the same. Um, I feel like the work just never ends. And I don't know that I want it to end. Like I enjoy evolving. I enjoy trying to always become the next better version of myself, whatever that is. Have you always been like that? I think I have been. You know, you mentioned um, Artist Way and like, but that was something like for me, like we won't go to get into my story too much. People are going to be bored of hearing my story with oh, other I episodes it. of this podcast. But, <laughs> um, but, you know, when I graduated from college, I was definitely not one of the more talented people that I graduated with. I had had a lot of challenging sort of experiences and comments made by well-meaning, you know, mentors and professors and whatnot that kind of left me like somewhat damaged, I'm just going to be honest. Yeah. And so I had to go to work on what was going on inside. So you started early looking at that. Oh yeah. I mean, well, I, even in college, I, I started the, you know, they had free therapy available for students wow. and I just went because I knew I needed to work on what was going on inside and, mm. and I didn't know where, where it would take me or what that would involve. And then I was just, I've just been hungry for self-education. I think mm. all along, like I, the road less traveled was an early important I'm book. Scott Peck. Yeah, yeah, I great. read it. It's amazing. Yeah, that was one of my earliest sort of finds. Much later in life, I came to love Eckhart Tolle. Mm -hmm. Right now, I'm reading a book that is fairly new that a friend told me about. It's called Big Magic. Yes, and, Elizabeth Gilbert. It's sitting right over there. Oh my gosh, I'm in the middle of it right now. It's so much about how we approach our own creativity. Yes, and why we do it, and how she makes friends with inspiration and instinct. And there's just so much good in it. That That's who I am, though. I'm, I'm always trying to evolve, always looking for ways to get to that next better version of myself. I think that is so inspiring because, and, and also, if I can call myself out a little bit, I had to do this work. And it took a pandemic to get me to do it. Download the next episode for part two of my conversation with Gavin Creel.
Hey, thanks for being here today. If you enjoyed this episode at all, please take a moment to leave a review with high marks. You wouldn't believe how much a positive review helps this podcast to reach more people. Then head over to profagers.com to check out my book, all about the mental game of musical theater. And lastly, no matter how you spend the rest of your day, bring enthusiasm to it. You only get this day once, and life keeps getting better and better when you bring enthusiasm to everything that you get to do. Thanks again for spending part of your day with me. Until next time, this is Prof. Eggers signing out.